we will all remember this moment for the rest of our lives. It was dramatic, it was visual. It was stupid. It was stupid, but it was also theater. time baby right here on 98.5 the bone we're here to talk about the new todd field movie oh it's a todd field joint whoa 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 oh man i've loved that guy since he was playing piano and eyes wide shut we got that little children baby i like getting myself in the bedroom you know what i mean it's got that wilkins son just like in michael clayton he loved carrying bread all day (laughs) so all day day. so we're being facetious because this is obviously um (laughs) an an artsy ass movie that not a lot of people watch but i want to tell you right now just off the bat before we even jump into it i am very excited to talk about this movie i i watch it on saturday it's now wednesday i have been itching to talk about this movie so i'm i'm very excited to talk about it um and this is uh the next part of our oscar series uh we are talking about todd fields tar kate blanchett is nominated for best actress this movie is nominated for best picture obviously that's that's the point of our theme if you can go if this is your first episode you can go back listen we talked about the banshees of inishirin we talked about everything everywhere all at once and we talked about top gun maverick and next week we're gonna be talking about the fablements and we're gonna close this out i think we get the circle back around a woman talking because it hit we do hit, hit VOD. So we're, we're going to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I am. I, like I said, I'm very excited to talk about this movie. I want to say up front last week, I had a, uh, a family emergency with my son. So usually we're recording a week ahead of when these episodes come out. And this week I are recording on Wednesday and it's coming out on Thursday. So Someone, someone's going to have some cocktails and edit tonight. It's not going to be as tightly edited as it usually is. <laughs> so I just want everybody to know that there's going to be a lot more ums and uhs in this baby than there normally is. And all the slurs I want to drop. Wait, wait. Just, what, what, what? Nothing. Nothing. Well, uh, when I say slurs, I mean because of alcohol. <laughs> if uh, you are listening to this, uh, well, I'm assuming you're listening. To this, there's only way you could be listening to this is, is on your podcasting platform of choice. Please make sure to rate and review us there. It really, really helps uh, br- uh, promote the show and bring bring more listeners in, and that's the that's the whole ball game. Um, you can also, if you want to see Brian doing his thing on the reg. Hold on, you really need to workshop that sentence. You gotta follow us on TikTok. TikTok. Uh, it's uh, let's talk. Let, let's talk a little inside baseball about about my my mind going explode because we did one of these videos on mm-hmm. um, Tom Cruise's. $100 million movies. Domestic box office movies. The comments won't let me forget that we didn't say that. So Bobby made this video uh, quizzing me on these Tom Cruise movies. I answered pretty well, I think. Yeah, and great. Th- and then he texted me, like, this is nuts. And I'm like, what? I just see, like, my face in the thumbnail. He goes, look at the numbers. And, like, we did one that had, like, 500 views and one that had, like, 400 views. And then this had 26,000 views. That was a week ago, and now it's up to 72? Yeah, it's less than a week ago. Well, <laughs> that was it, Sunday that I texted true. you about that. It's true. Um, um, but I, all is to say, if you found us because of that, thanks. And, yeah, uh, we're, thanks we're, and welcome. We're going to keep uh, giving you stuff like that. We Bobby's a fount of random-ass questions, and I'm a fount of random-ass knowledge. They do. I had multiple people ask me, not even in the comments, like people in real life go, is he, is he really doing that? Or does he have like a crib sheet in front of him? I said, no, 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 no. He's really doing it. <laughs> Way um, more interesting that he's really doing it. I have so we recorded a bunch of them that that will that will come out. A couple of them have already come out, and then um, I got a bunch. I got a, I got like a, I got a Google Doc, a Google Sheets like doc with like fifteen tabs on it with all different like okay. uh, questions to ask you. But that's not for now. Now we're going to talk about a, a movie. Um, we're going to talk about it's tar time, baby. It's tar time, baby. It's tar time, baby! 
Um, anyway, uh, serious note though, before we get into this, if I'm sure most people who are going to listen to us through this episode have seen the movie already, but, but it's possible know- that you don't give a shit and yes. are just trying to like, like get your Oscar fix and, and yeah. maybe you, maybe you can fake it at your, at your friend's party. Exactly. Or maybe you're just like, Hey, I just don't care. I just like listening to people talk about movies. Um, there is some pretty serious, uh, content warning to go, uh, uh, you know, in front of this. You know, self-harm, um, you know, uh, suicide and even like some, some hints at sexual ab- abuse. Right. So I would, I, if, I would, if, if, in fact, what's in the movie is very spare sparse, but what we're going to talk about will be pretty grandiose. Yes, absolutely. The, mo- right? the movie doesn't show much of this, but it brings all these ideas to the fore. And obviously we're going to talk kind of, about it's all kind of ideas. what the movie, it's kind of what the, what the movie's about really. So yeah. Yeah, so the movie is about a, a, a conductor named Lydia Tarr, played by Kate Blanchett, who is set to kind of complete this set of symphonies that have never been uh, that she's never done all with the same orchestra. So it's I think it's it's Mahler, Mahler. number five, Mahler number yeah. five. It's the last one she's to complete the set. That's with that Lou Bega song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with this Berlin uh, orchestra. And she's finally set to do it. The pandemic has set her back. She's finally set to do it. And leading up to that performance, all of the things that Lydia Tarr has sort of done in her life to get her to this point and the things she's done with the power that she's accumulated over the years start to come home to roost. I would say that that is the biggest thing. And it's, it's really a character study about how this person handles that unveiling and that pressure that starts to build on her throughout the film. Again, you'll hear it in some of their shows we do. We, we do like, oh, let's talk about like the box office. This is not like that kind of movie. I think it made $6 million in this entire run. The more, most theaters it was ever in was a thousand. Like it's not one of those movies, right? Yeah. So we're not, it's not something we can, we can really guess. But, but, but I, I, I will take that time though to tell you about what I knew. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, absolutely. I want to hear that. Virtually nothing. Um, me too. Me too. I I only knew like the basic logline of 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 the of the movie, which is Kate Blanchett plays a conductor, a female conductor. That's all I knew about it. Um, but because of of you know the Oscar season, and now there's uh, movies more readily available to be seen. I did glean a few things from Twitter and from Facebook that I didn't want to. You know, it was I'm scrolling mm-hmm. and I and I and I click past and I and I'm skipping it, but I saw it. Mm-hmm. I knew yes, female conductor. Uh, I did not know until the movie started, and I had to Google it that it was not a true story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, it's torn from the headlines in a lot of ways. We'll and we'll talk about that. But um, there's a whole discussion about the end of the movie about whether or not it's a dream. Mm, okay. And I, I haven't read any of these think pieces about it because I didn't see the movie yet. It has a fantastic ending, by the way. <laughs> like, uh, it's so it's such an out of nowhere. Ending, but go ahead. Keep going. Uh, yeah, so th- so that and then I, in the most tertiary of ways, knew that there was a like a Me Too component of okay. of of abuse of power mm-hmm. um, that was in its DNA. But that, that that's it. I, I knew nothing else. Oh, and it's seven hours and fourteen minutes long. <laughs> it's two hours and forty minutes. Long. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that that's what I knew. Okay, yeah. I mean, basically, I didn't even know it that much. I knew, right, director, I knew, um, I knew, knew perform- lead, lead actress, and I knew basic idea of, like, this female composer, female composer, conductor, that's it. She's, she's both, right? I mean, she, she, do, she does compose. She does, but, I mean, her, main, her, her vocation, right, is, yeah. is conducting, not composing. And, and I had assumed, because when you make a movie about someone like this, it was going to be something, it was not going to be a happy thing, right? It was not going to be like, oh, and she's great at her job and everything goes well. Like, I didn't think that was going to be the thing. So I knew there was going to be something about it. I just didn't know what it was. So, you know, again, this is not a, I think like much like we're talking about like Banshees of Inishiran last week, even less so, this is not really a spoil movie, right? This is a movie just about, mostly about character and theme. Really, it's not really that much about what happens in the plot. 
but it's it's impossible because of that. It's impossible to talk about any of the movie really, um, without getting into you know everything about the movie because everything sort of like ties together. So I will say like I'll just quickly just quick overall thoughts so people can know because they do want to tune out and and then come back after they watch Tar. My general thoughts about it were. I think it is possibly Kate Blanchett's best performance ever. And it's sort of an astounding character portrait by an actress. You mentioned Brian, you had to look up that it wasn't a true story. And I think part of that is because Blanchett makes her feel like a real person, right? There there are so many things in this performance that you don't see in a lot of performances, even great performances, like these, these small ticks that Lydia has that aren't done all the time. Like in the first interview she's doing, she kind of plays with her hair above her ear in like certain ways. And, 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 you know, there are other things that she has as well that are just these little things that make this person feel so incredibly real. And I think that is pretty astounding. This is one of those movies, and I put this in uh, Discord, that it's a film school-ass feeling movie, right? It's one of these movies where if you watch like 10 movies a year, I would not tell you to go out and watch Tar, right? Because it, it's just, it, it's if a movie. If you watch 25 movies a year, probably not. Yeah, it's like 25, you're, you're borderlining it. I, I would say like, it's the kind of movie, not that I don't think any, everyone could enjoy it, right? But it is very long and it is the type of movie that I think really appeals to people who watch and think about movies a lot, right? That, 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 that's what I feel like it feels like that. And you'll see that you see that a lot, right? In, in the Academy Awards sort of milieu a, a lot of the time, but it's the first one of the set of movies I think we've done so far that I feel that way about, right? I think the other three are all movies that you should watch them or what kind of level of movie watcher you are. And this, I think it's a little bit different, but I, I will say this, it is very long, but I absolutely loved it. So that's my that's my quick okay. pitch, non-spoiler pitch. You, you said you watched it Wednesday. No, I watched it uh, no, 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 I watched it Saturday. Saturday. Oh, right. Today's, watched Saturday. Today no, is Wednesday. Today yeah, is yeah. Wednesday. Um it took me 3 sittings. Okay. Part of it was cuz I'm old and tired all the time. Um so I watched it in two sittings. One cuz I started it way too late. I was sure. like I just start, let me start this tonight. And I was like, well, man, <laughs> I was like, not that I want to, but like, it's, it's, it's 1230. Got, I need to go to bed. Yeah. My feelings on it are like, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you on her performance. And there's so much to dig in there. For, again, the first time she's on screen, I said to my wife, I went, why does she look the same after 25 years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but ah, this movie was so hard for me to connect with. This movie was punishingly boring, but at the same time, incredibly fascinating. Like from a, from a filmmaking perspective, like did this get a cinematography nomination? Um, let me check. I don't know, Brian. You keep talking, and I'll look. Because so, like there's a, there's a scene earlier early on where she's um kind of doing a master class. Um, she's she's working with some some up and coming conductors. Mm-hmm. And it, it, character's name is Max, right? The, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. And she's working with a student, and they kind of give some uh, reservations about Bach being this kind of pos white guy misogynist, and she shuts him down. And this comes into play later in the movie, but like the camera is like. It's all, it's like a fight scene the way that it's mm-hmm. it's 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 shot like mm-hmm. it 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 follows her and then we and then we post up in corners and we get intimate places and we get really cold places and I was I was obsessed with how the camera was doing stuff the whole time I was never invested or interested um which is weird like I I I felt very divorced from what the movie's trying to do mm-hmm. while while I was watching it um, I, I, I never connected. I, I, I reread, well, when I would get to a certain like checkpoint 
in the movie. Mm-hmm. I do this sometimes when I'm having difficulty um, connecting. I'll read the synopsis up to the point where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm reading things. I'm like, that didn't seem clear at all to me. You know, like, mm. the fa- we, we know that there are um, allegations. Be- right. Before you get into it, because yeah. we're going to, because we were giving general thoughts. I, if we want to start talking about exact plot details, sure, so just sure, kind of sure. like cut it off and I'll, we'll just say we're going to talk will, about yeah. those now. So I. <laughs> oh, but it did get nominated for cinematography, by okay. the way. G- good because yeah. <laughs> good 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 we're yeah we're, d- we're done here and we can talk about that really quick because that is general we're not going to get into anything you know specific sure. right yet but like i completely agree with you about the camera work what's fascinating about it is that it is engrossing it is completely engrossing and you can tell there is so much intent and so much style behind what they're doing yet it, most of it is incredibly simple and like long takes right that are just like super well composed interesting composed shots and a lot of repeated right there's a lot there's a lot of repetition especially as we get as sort of things start to go bad for lydia you start to get these like repetitions of like her waking up her running her doing you know these things you get similar shots and the even though the shots don't really have anything else in them than 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 the last time you saw them the context of the movie is causing them to feel more menacing and more, uh, more thing. But yeah, I totally agree with you. Like that opening scene when she, the opening scene, she's interviewing with the New Yorker, right. About, about this idea. It's setting, it's setting up sort of the stakes of the movie, right. Which is like, this is this, I I am this person. I am, I am this lauded and I've got this thing coming up. Mm -hmm. It is essentially, essentially, two or three shots right i mean they, they cut between them right oh, it's, but it's yeah but it's like what 12 minutes or something like that it's, it's, it's 12 minutes it's like listening to a podcast yeah. <laughs> right it, um but that was the moment it's funny enough and I, I think part of it for me is like i get really enamored with performances like this right mm-hmm. which i mean how could you not she's a terrible person <laughs> right but but She's also very complicated, right? No, nothing. There, there's no one reason why she does anything. And yeah, she's so good in that opening scene. And that was when I knew I was, I was in because that opening scene, because it's like 12 minutes long. It's mostly just her talking, right? It's mostly her talking about well, it, classical music. But it's, it sets us up to know who she is, how disarming yes. she can be, how charming she can be. Yes. Um, and, and to give us any sense or, or any hope that we might, feel sympathetic towards her we need to buy into her right then and there and i think you do right because i think because i think as the movie progresses right i was still holding on i was like well maybe she doesn't realize like what she's doing or why she you know i had those moments because i was like because even when you're seeing her in, uh, in subsequent scenes right where she's interacting with her assistant or she's interacting with her 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 wife or or her kid or whatever there are it, it's not black and white right there 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 are yeah. good things about her right she she cares about things it's not like she's this cold unfeeling person no, she, well, she, she's not she's not evil no she's not evil she's very human she just makes a lot of really bad choices and has and has bad instincts i think in in many parts of her life but that opening scene i'm just like Blanchett is so good. She's just sitting there. She's not even doing any like big. She, no, there's nothing big, right? She's just sitting there, and I'm like, I just want to hear this person talk. I you, and that's you're gonna if, say, love you. I <laughs> love you. I mean, I do love her, but this feeling of just like, and that's the only thing about where it feels like a real person. It feels like this interview was just like, oh, remember this famous Lydia Tarr interview that they that they recreated for this. Yeah. movie like that's what it feels like and it's sort of a it's sort of astounding to me that she's not a real person because she's drawn so deeply and so precisely with with, with those things mm-hmm. yeah um but anyway I, I say like i think we should probably say like okay yes. from now on like we're gonna start talking about the movie like it's gonna and we're gonna bounce back and forth because you know there, there's a lot of stuff to talk about with this but yeah, I, I, for for me, 
if you want to see a really good performance, it's a watch, but obviously it's, it's not an easy movie to like take in at all. So, you, you know, I was just thinking it, it feels like, and I mean this as a compliment. I really do. It feels like David Lynch light a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it like, especially the, the, the last hour or so, like, yes, it, it, it goes off. I mean, I was expecting a, a, a full Mary Heron, american psycho ending mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> and we and we get a little bit of that yeah um and there's yeah. some unreliable narrator stuff that goes on but yeah Absolutely. i just i never i never really you know you, you called her a terrible person which is not inaccurate no but 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 we i feel like we spend like an hour 40 establishing that like we we, we get it we know like how many different times do we need to see her ogling Olga? How many different times do we need to see her, you know, giving her assistant the shaft when she so, you know, obviously deserves to, to, to rise up the ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you mentioned before there is repetition in it. I, I feel like this movie could be two fifteen, pretty easily. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's me. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I never, I never felt bored by it at at all. I was each scene. I was so looking forward to viewing how they were going to sort of further her descent into okay. this let, unraveling let that, that, this that, that she was having. Like with a movie like this, which you, which you opened up by saying it's, it's, it's about theme. It's about character. It's not a plot-driven movie. At what point, when watching a movie like this, because it was your first time, my first time. We've talked about this before about you know the first time you see a movie, you have expectations, or you're yeah. learning about what the movie is. I, you know, because I kept wondering when the hell is something going to happen, mm-hmm. and even though it isn't a plot-driven movie, there things still happen. Yeah, things happen for sure, and they, it takes us a while to get there, and and it's sometimes not as clear what may be happening um and i think it's probably purposeful yeah i think so i i i, I but think my, my question is when do you when do you realize and i mean you know varies movie to movie but like oh it's this is not that sort of movie okay i'm okay with that right I, I, sorry go ahead no, for, no for, i'm for, just for. saying the, the end the end of the question is like once you, until you realize that because i because i didn't for a mm-hmm. very long time and at, at that point i'm so far in now I'm mad, <laughs> right? Like, I wish that I learned more about the Krista situation. I wish I knew uh, more about this Sebastian guy and why she needs to get rid of him. You know, like, because mm-hmm. she, she plants that seed before she even meets Olga. Doesn't she? But Sebastian, yeah, yeah she, but she's not, she's not getting a Sebastian for Olga. Sebastian is like the guest conductor, right? So she she wants to get rid of him to bring to bring in um, Elliot French Francesca. Oh, her assistant. Yeah, Francesca's supposed to be the guest, <clears throat> like the the assistant the assistant conductor. Sorry, the assistant okay. conductor, not the guest conductor. The assistant conductor. Um, and it's only until she meets Olga that she supplants her with her. Well, no, 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 no. It, that's the thing. Olga doesn't supplant Francesca in that role. She doesn't give Francesca that job because she realizes everybody realizes that her and Francesca are in a relationship, oh. a secret relationship. And if she gives it to her, the the whispers and stuff are going to keep going because she cares never, very much what people think of her. Even though I she never, took, I never got that. I, I, I they, got, they say it almost explicitly. They they say that people are thinking that I never saw that there was anything actually there. She held her hand okay. in, the, in the car. There's there's a lot there okay. with, with, with that, and 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 so. But I think, but I think intentionally, right? I think the movie is starting is trying to sort of mimic the experience of the perspective of this one character, right? Like Lydia's perspective is mostly what we're seeing the entire movie through, right? And so these things, these problems that are cropping up, these things that are cropping up, I think are supposed to mimic the idea of like what you're saying like oh i think something's going on but i can't really be sure but man what where there's smoke there's fire sure. I, I think they're trying to sort of the way sort of we experience some of these news stories i think they're trying yeah. to sort of like get it, the movie's trying to mimic that that I, feeling I was gonna, right i'm gonna save this for later but I, i'll bring it up now and, and i really want anyone listening to know i'm not 
defending Lydia. I'm not saying she was right or any of that stuff. But there was something that did strike me about, or I should say that it reminded me of. Do you know Mammoth's Oleana? I, I mean, I know of it. I, I've never seen it. Do you know what it's about? No, I have no idea. It's, it's a brilliant play. It's a, it's, it's a two-hander. It's a, it's a student, a female student who goes to a male professor's office. Mm-hmm. And we watch it happen. Like, them talking and, you know, the way he might put his hand on, his sh- on her shoulder or this or that. And it, it devolves into a he said, she said about uh, harassment and assault. Okay. And it very much is. I mean, obviously, Mammoth's one of the more misogynistic playwrights yeah. of all time. Absolutely, yes. But it's all. It was fascinating to me when I had seen it that there are no cheats. Like, we saw everything. Mm-hmm. And it's how you interpret what you saw. Mm-hmm. And it's, and, 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 well, what facts are there, what aren't. You know, Krista may well have been off of her rocker. Doesn't mean that Lydia didn't take advantage of her. Didn't mean, yeah. doesn't mean that she wasn't inappropriate and that she didn't, you know, lie. And we, I mean, we watch her trying to cover everything up. Yeah. But there are shades of gray there. And that it's, it's not as cut and dry as, oh, this monster did this thing to this person and left and, and left her for dead. Absolutely not. And that's why, that's why I think it, why it's interesting, right? Why the character study here is, is deeper than just like, like I said earlier, she's a monster, right? And and she, right. she's not a monster because you can see too, the things that are happening are affecting her pretty deeply, right? Because as much as she's trying to hide from the world, right? Her, any, her, any of her involvement in what happened to Krista when she's in her private moments, right? It is, it is mm-hmm. killing her, right? It is breaking her down. To the to the point where we get to the point where she can't she can't keep it inside anymore, right? Where it bleeds out into into her actual life. Her usually so controlled, so mannered, you know, manicured life, it, it, she can't contain it anymore. I, I think that, and you mentioned about the expectations thing before. I'm gonna go back to that question yeah. you asked me. I had zero expectations for this movie. I didn't know, like, really. I went into it with like, with like, I don't know what this movie is gonna be. You know. Todd Field is not known for making plot heavy <laughs> you know, movies. So I, I sort of assumed it was going to be a very like, in some ways I, I had sort of assumed it was going to be something like we got, which was a, a movie that's very focused on just who this person is. And there'll be stuff that happens along the way, but it's really all going to be in service of telling you more about this person. And, you know, we get the two scenes in New York, right? Which you talked about, which are the, that interview. And then we get the, the Juilliard class where she just absolutely goes after that guy, Max. And, you know, this movie has courted some controversy, right? About the fact that there's a woman at the center of it who seems to be dismissive of, you know, women's issues and, and stuff like that. Right. And I think, it's important when we're talking about movies or stories at all. And this is not me talking about like separate the art from the artist, right? This is a totally different conversation, which is that making a movie about or make or writing a story about someone who does a certain thing. Isn't that author or that director or that person signing off on that person's behavior, right? Martin Scorsese he gets into this conversation a lot, right? Where it's like, he makes movies about gangsters and, and stuff like that. And so he's glorifying violence. Right. But that that's not like, that's not what he's doing. And I don't think here, this is Todd field saying like me too is bullshit. Like that's not, I don't think what's the, the I don't think what this movie is about. Right. I, I don't think that at all. I think explicitly it's actually not about that. I think, I, I, I think you're looking at a, a portrait of an extremely damaged person who has had to, has, has had to like, square her life around a very male centric right organization and has taken in mm-hmm. that that attitude of well and it's gotten so successful right that her attitude is now it's not that hard it, you know I, you know I, I don't think it's anything i think if you work hard and you do your thing like that's what it's supposed to be because that's a common attitude among very successful people right once they're so far away from the struggle that they can't remember what 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 it was like 
So that that's how I take that whole bit with her. And I think that, you know, having our protagonist be a woman um, in this male-dominated field, which mm-hmm. most fields are, right? Um, they, who, who, who's the older guy? That she oh her her like um mentor her mentor hold on a second it's um God, what's his name can't remember right now let me let me look it up really quick had it up before and then I went off the page to look up something else um he name he name checks somebody because because when I when the the story starts going and I'm like okay I thought it was an allegory for this guy did you know who James Levine was yes he, yeah. He, 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 director of the the met and like died two years ago and then like right around either right before he died or right after he died, i was like oh yeah by the way super monster yeah like mm-hmm. had, had 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 violated j- j- things we should not talk about um or actually things we should always talk about but not yeah um i so, so if you make tar a man and it's just a placeholder for james levine then you're on fuck this guy from moment one. Yeah. Right. And because moment one is that interview, we're not fuck this guy. We're not yeah. like we're, we're, we're learning about who she is and we learn over time that, that she is an abuser of power. She is an abuser. Mm-hmm. She is all these things, but she doesn't necessarily believe that she's doing anything wrong yeah right um you know she's convinced herself like so many people in power right that these obviously you kind of assume right you kind of sorry excuse me assume that she has what she's what she did you know with krista and with um francesca she's done with countless other girls right you you would assume because you see her behavior you see her behavior with olga right you see her behavior with that reporter or whatever who she was or that reporter, but whoever that that other player she's mentioned she you know she who meets that was she that's Jack Lemon's granddaughter. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Sydney Lemon. Yep. Um. So you you see those instances right? You see like a, a pattern of behavior, and you see how she doesn't really seem to care, or she doesn't realize the effect she has on other people, right? Because Francesca, when she's talking to that person and when she's talking to Olga looks like terribly hurt, right? She looks very hurt. Every time they cut to her, she, you can tell she's, you can read the jealousy and everything on her face about, about what's going on. Um, and I, I think that th- they do that very purposefully because they want to show you that without supposedly telling you that this person has a history and has, has a pattern. Uh, by the way, uh, her mentor's name is Andres. Uh, I think he was the previous like, like conductor Berlin. of, of yeah. Berlin. He's played by Julian Glover. What? Um, yeah. Oh, not John Glover. No, Thank Julian you. Glover from you know, from who played Walter Donovan in The Last yes. Crusade and yes. General Veers in yes. Star Wars. And, I, yes. I was like, that's not John Glover. <laughs> it's not Lionel Luther himself, John Glover. If they put and, but, if they put Julian, John, Crispin, Donald. And Danny and Danny in, in a, in a reality show. Would you watch it? Probably. Yes. That's a very interesting <laughs> cast of people in that reality show in conjunction with talking about how she doesn't seem to realize what her effect on people or she doesn't care. You, you don't really get that answer, but it's the same with her family, right? Her home life. She has, a, she has a, a wife or a, or a partner. I don't know if she's her wife or not, but her partner, um, Sharon, Sharon played by Nina Haas, who's excellent in the movie. And, you know, she, you know, she doesn't treat her badly, right? But she's a gaslighter, right? Every time Sharon comes up with a, comes with a very real complaint or worry, Lydia has a million reasons why Sharon is overreacting to the situation and she's crazy, right? That, that That's not the way it is. You know, whether it be stuff with the the symphony whether it be stuff with francesca whether it be it's stuff with olga there is this right there is this thing where she gaslights her she and lies to her all the time and that's one of i think i think the biggest thing the biggest like red flag with lydia right is that 
because we're spending so much time with her, we see how much she lies. The, the only time she's not lying, right, is when she's conducting. And those scenes are beautiful, right? You can see how much she loves, right, what she's doing and how good she is at what at it, right? About getting these things out of these people, right? About getting the performance she wants to get out of this group. And when it starts to go astray, right? Even the decision she makes for the wrong reasons, right? Which is like picking the companion piece and having Olga be the, you know, kind of engineering it. So Olga is the, the soloist on it, even though they have a cello player who is part of the company who should be, should be doing it right are you okay with that that yeah cool yeah even even the fact where she's like you know oh well she's not officially part of the orchestra so we'll just give it to the guy like it's fine it's fine don't worry about it like you're right absolutely guys you guys absolutely right and then everyone else makes the decision Mm -hmm. to pick olga she's very good at manipulating people right she's excellent at manipulating people but even that decision right where it very well could have been the thing where Olga gets up there and then she's just not up to snuff, right? At playing that. Right. But she, great. <laughs> Everyone that you can see, the reaction of everybody in the, right. in the orchestra is like, oh, holy crap. Right. I mean, there's a whole, the whole thing is played up with, like, she sees her boots in the stall in the bathroom and, mm-hmm. that, and that way she knows who's going up for the blind audition. Mm-hmm. But none of that's necessary. Right. Because she would have gotten the job anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> absolutely so you, you have that moment right you, you have the whole thing with the assistant conductor who she wants out because she says right he's just like he's old school he's a carryover from the last sort of like administration i kept him around because i wanted i wanted you know andres to feel like he was still part of th- this world but he's got to go because he doesn't understand my vision blah blah whatever and her plan is to her plan is to institute Francesca and Francesca knows that, right? I think Francesca sticks around and takes all the crap because that's the job she's aiming for. Right. Why does anyone do jobs like that? Right. Yeah. And all this time you're seeing these hints, right. Of this other girl. Right. And even I, and again, sometimes some of this movie I think is a little abstract on purpose, but in that opening scene we're talking about, I think they're intimating Krista is in the audience, right? Cause you see that shot from behind her head, like that, that red haired oh, girl's Jesus. head. And you see her multiple times throughout the, I forgot about that. Yeah. Throughout the movie. So, but the movie also has a very distinct theme of like something menacing just outside of Lydia's mm-hmm. like vision. There's so many times in the movie, right? Where there's a sound or there's a, there's something that she finds like she's finding these weird this like symbol that like is haunting her for some reason like sort of everywhere and she can't figure out where it's coming from and she thinks she's being followed at a certain point and there's one shot and i don't know if you caught this or not but there's one shot where i swear lydia there's a series of shots where lydia was waking up in bed in the middle of the night and kind of going into the into this other room yeah. and i have to i was going to i was going to watch it again but i just didn't have the time this, this one scene, she gets up and I swear there's somebody else sitting in a chair watching her sleep that she doesn't see when she walks away. And I, I think it's supposed to be sort of like abstract. I don't think it's supposed to be like, there's actually somebody there. Like three men and the baby, like the, the whole background thing. Like, Oh, there's someone there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was more thinking like the Lynch thing you were talking about where it's sure. like... <laughs> that one. Yeah. Go with that. Go with that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. So, and that theme is presented all throughout the movie. So I don't know if that's really supposed to be Crystal or it's just supposed to be this sort of specter of her over Lydia's life, you know, sort of like, even though Lydia pretends like she doesn't matter, she's kind of always there right in, in the back of her head. But, you know, when we learn sort of what she did to Krista, right. Which is that the information you kind of get from this, right. Is that, or what I took from it is Francesca and Krista were in the same. She has this felt the accordion fellowship. Sounds made up. It sounds made up. These young women, uh, conductors. It gives them a place, right? Let them guest conduct all this kind of stuff. And Francesca and Krista, Krista, I believe were in the same sort of like class. They know each, 
cohort. They know each other, right? And I think Lydia had an affair with both of them. And at some point, you know, Krista, maybe she was slightly, maybe she was a little neurodivergent. She had, she was a little unwell, took it to a place where she wanted it to be more, or she was going to tell somebody or something. And then Lydia breaks, like to cut stuff, come to her and then basically ruins her entire professional life. Right. You see all these emails that she sends out. That's like, don't hire her. No way. Stay away. What, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, that sort of like isolation, isolating her from, you know, isolating her from her profession, isolating her from this person that she is infatuated with, eventually drives her to take her own life. And this sort of like skeleton that Lydia has buried, right, is the thing that ends up taking her down in the end. And that breakdown you're seeing because event what I really like about the movie too is eventually it becomes a physical there's a physical manifestation of it right she that moment where she falls and like yeah. hits her face like which, which, I, 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 there's an interesting thing about that but um oh shit did you have that did you did you say to your TV when you were watching it when she deletes the emails that she sent to Krista that's not how email works <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> okay um, boomer but uh but, <laughs> I don't know what it tells us, but I think it tells us something. She she falls down after this, like, she's investigating something in these, like, they're not catacombs, but they're, you know, a, a sewer system. I mean, it's like the basement of basement, this, like, decrepit yeah. building or whatever that Olga we, we lives see her fall, in. We see her fall, and the next thing we see is her looking at her wife, and her face is all fucked up. Yeah. And she tells her that she was attacked, and she tells everyone she was attacked. She tells her doctor it was a fall. Yeah. She tells her doctor the truth. Yeah. And that's set, that, that tells us something, right? Like the compartmentalization of it, how she's able, like, okay, I know that there's a confidentiality here, so I'll tell I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you the real thing. Again, she has lawyers. Yeah. About the Chris thing. She lies to all of them. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Deposition? Me? Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Everything she does, she wasn't smart about. So there, it's it's it was always going to come. Like Krista being dead, only made it take longer. I think, right? Like I, she she's got to feel it like once she's dead that oh I'm in the clear. But now everything is just there. Yeah, it's. It, I mean that that's the thing that breaks the that the straw that breaks the camel's back essentially right. because. It cascades throughout her life, right? It, it, Francesca is then gone, or Francesca leaves, right? Partly because of, you know, the fact that she doesn't get the job, but also because even in this terrible circumstance, she sees that all that Lydia cares about is protecting herself, right? Is like w- w- the truth doesn't matter to her at, at all. And, you know, she also sees her flirting and pursuing Olga. Right. And, and, and then, and she realizes like how and never th- succeeding, which is awesome. Yeah. Never succeeding. How transient she is yeah. r- right in, in, in her life. And, and basically everyone to Lydia, except really her daughter, but it is, you know, she's very good with her daughter. There's that scene where she goes to like that bully. Oh or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that moment, again, that's one of those, that's why this movie is so interesting. Cause in that moment you're like, hell yeah. Like, you know, like you, like you know, was it, was th- that's it, was it Joanna? What was the name? I don't remember her name, but when she's like, she's like, I will destroy you. No one's gonna believe you. I said, I said this. No, I'm no, a grown up. She, no, she says, I will get you. I will get you. That's right. I will get you. And that's even scarier. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no one believe you because I'm an adult and you're a child. And and you know, and she really cares about this this girl, but and and. and I, but only to the extent where only extent in her direct interaction with her. Right. She doesn't think about how her other parts of her life affect the kid. No. Right. She doesn't think about that. So, and only just only think about when the consequences are thrown in her face, when her wife sort of like kicks her out or, 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 you know, and she ends up living in that office that she won't give up or, or, or whatever, you know, and, you know, you see in these all throughout the movie, these people, right? Like the, the Mark Strong character, 
Which is and, so weird. That, yeah. With, 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 with the hair and the glasses and the not a bad guy. Yeah. Like. <laughs> what are you doing, Mark Strong? He, like, that character, the woman who lives upstairs from her, yeah. that old woman who dies. These people who are sort of like these, I think these examples to her of the bad way to live your life, right? Which is like, oh, you're just some old woman who lives in a house and no one cares when you die. Or, right. you know, you're, you're, a, you're, you're a conductor, but you're just, you're not like special. You know, it's all about being special to her. And, you know, she talks a lot in the first scene, right? About, about this, this piece she's doing. It's not about, she's like a, she's like a protege of Leonard Bernstein. Right. But she's like, it's not, he, when he played it, it was like a funeral dirge. It's not supposed to be, it's supposed to be all about love. It's about Sometimes love. He was gay. <laughs> um, That's a millennia bit, everybody. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh uh, you, you don't know that bit. I don't think I know that bit. The love, <laughs> but like, it's ironic, right? Because she doesn't love anything, right? The only thing she loves is her place in the world. She, do, she doesn't really love anything and, right. and, and so that's why it's so fascinating the the whole thing and then i think like l- let me ask you so the movie i'd say was a lot less abstract for most of it than i expected it to be right yes yes in, fa- in fact that's what gave me most of my disinterest was okay. that it was a lot of the same it was a lot of like stitching these scenes together that while yes we're learning more about her i know what i need to know 40 minutes in i don't need another hour of it mm-hmm. and i don't um but yeah if it had been batshit crazy from the get-go if we've been seeing dreams and like, like like her laying in the bed in that lake when it goes on fire right like like, like this movie's mulholland drive it's not inland empire like, yeah <laughs> so it's not even Mulholland Drive. No, like, it isn't. It's, no, it isn't. <laughs> this movie's Blue Velvet. There we yeah, go. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah. Um, but ask the, ask the question you were going to ask. So, so, everything falls apart for her, right? And she ends up going back and being like, okay, like, I'm just going to take, back, she goes back home, she goes back home, mm-hmm. and then she kind of goes like, okay, I'm just going to do this other thing. And you don't really kind of see Right, like what is happening or whatever. The inciting incident of that is that she like tackles Mark Strong when he is set to take over her position because she's gotten fired and we haven't seen it. Do you think that moment that actually happened, like that she ran out on stage and like yes. beat up Mark Strong's character? Okay. Yes. Do you- okay. I wasn't sure, right? Be- I was sure in the moment, I was like, oh, this is like. Again, this one thing I think is is very what I like about the movie is that you, you're you see her coming apart, right? Like you see that when she's playing the accordion in the apartment, and she's like, we, "Your we, mother's dead," or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Apartment <laughs> and, for sale. Apartment for sale. And I love her reaction when they're like, "Can you keep the music down?" And, and she she's like, laughs. <laughs> and "She just laughs them and shuts the door." But but that was my the, first thought when I saw the the piano in the apartment mm-hmm. was like, "Who allows this?" It's Germany, Brian. I know. They. I'll, I'll, I'll tell a story that nobody cares about. Okay, look. Can we finish this talking about this first? Sure. She, you don't see her get fired, right? So you see her kind of in the. You get these little hints, though. You see her feet coming down out of the stall, right? Like for some reason she's hiding in the stall, and, and you don't really know but, why. But, but, but you think it's Tilda Swinton, Michael Clayton. You think That's exactly what I thought. You, and you also, think it's nervousness about going out there. I and also I did feel a lot some. Tilda Swinton from Michael Clayton vibes in this performance for sure. In, in some aspects of it. Well, also there, there are moments in their respective careers where they're interchangeable. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. The, um, and, and then she's got like her, her hair's all down and out of the ponytail or whatever. And she's in that suit and she rushes out there. In that moment, it's like, Oh, this is real. But then when she goes home or like in any of her, subsequent meetings with anybody nobody brings it up right nobody's like you know yeah but, it's gonna but, be hard to come back from you I punching this it, dude i don't think it needs to be i mean for, first of all the, you're probably right that's the, why the, but that's the, why the, I was, the, I was the asking. first meeting right you have what i can only assume is a character named chad 
who says, <laughs> you know, this is this is a reset. We have to start from the ground up. Yeah. Right. And the answer to that is go to fucking Philippines. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, and I mean, we'll, we're not spoiling anything. It's not a spoiler show. Yeah. She's curating music for a video game convention. Or I think it's like a video game concert, right? It's like it's like World uh, of Warcraft game of in Thrones concert. Live, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. That's what I think it is. What I love about that whole setup, though, and this is another thing why I think the character is so complicated. We don't know it's a video game thing, right? But obviously, she knows it's a video. The character knows but it's a video game. She gives it the thing. same reverence. She had the same reverence, the same dedication, the same work ethic. And that's why when the shot pulls back after it starts, it's such a good, it's such a great final shot of a movie. All these people in like crazy cosplay, they look like they're from like Monster Hunter or World of Warcraft or something like that, right? And it just pulls back over those people. And, and what I, what I'm growing back to what I said about like, you know, the movie, a movie displaying something is not, consent of that thing i'm not sure what todd field is trying to say in this moment like look how far she's fallen or just like or it's more what i said before which is like look she takes everything this seriously because like you might hate her but like she's really good (laughs) at what she does a job's a job and i know which one it is but i also think part of it is i think part of the story too is kind of saying like these really successful people, even when they fall down because of the way the world is and because it's, the world is so messed up, they're going to get another chance. Right. And this is the beginning for her, but it's not going to be the end for her, which I kind of, I think is what right. the movie is saying. Right. I mean, we, we have, you know, the people who deride cancel culture also win Grammys. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, the dumb story was simply uh, my, my freshman year of college, 20 years ago, I learned the day or two after I moved in that my my room was directly above a practice room that had a piano. Okay. And my roommate was never around. So, like, I if I if I discovered a, a room that had a piano in it, I'm like, who lives up there? I'm going to be an <laughs> asshole. But, but I lived up there so I could do whatever I wanted with no repercussions. Right. I can be an asshole all I want. To, to myself, yes. Yeah. <laughs> just to wrap up, because we kind of covered, I, I think, mostly everything as far sure. as just themes and sort of stuff I wanted to talk about. I mentioned very early on about how that first scene, we talked about the first scene, it's 12 minutes long. It, it's a lot of Blanchett. Mm-hmm. That's basically the whole movie, right? Like, most of these scenes are... This is not a movie shot in your standard, like, okay, close-up, reverse close-up, medium, wide, let's just cut between them until we find, like, the... It's 38 different movies. Right. But but (laughs) what I'm saying is, like, the the way that shot, though, is very much... It's so precise, right? It's uh, In my mind, it's like they shot this in this one shot value with this one composition... And we're just like, that's all we're doing. Like, we're, we're not doing any coverage on Kate. Like, we're not, we're not going to shoot a medium or a close-up just for safety in case anything goes wrong. Like, this is what we're doing, right? And so much of it feels almost theatrical, like play-like, right? In the, in the way that it's laid out in front of you. Because much like in a comedy, right, where they don't want to do too much because they, they don't want the laughs to get, like, ruined by too much editing or too much whatever it's the same thing here from a dramatic perspective, I think where they, they, it it really wants you to live in these scenes in their discomfort, you know, in, in, in their problematic nature. And I, I really, this was the first time, right? Banshees was, was a little bit like this last time, but both, we've both talked about this before and some of it on mic, but not so much is that, you know, 10 or so years ago or more, you and I were seeing every movie, you know, it was more <laughs> right. But, but 10 or so years ago was when I started really like pulling back from even trying to watch like anything more than like the base level movies that I would normally sure. watch. Yeah, right. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't pursuing watching movies. 
my my litmus test is always I saw white chicks in the theater. Well, yeah, but that's that's extreme. You were always crazy, I, and I saw everything, and I liked the idea of seeing everything. I liked having an, uh, an opinion on everything. And, yeah, and it wasn't until I became an actual adult, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is my late twenties, early thirties. I'm like, oh, I should just go see the things I want to. Right, right. But there was even a point where I stopped even seeing all the stuff I wanted to. Right, it was yeah. just like, it oh, was, you and it, me both, brother. And you know, one of the nice things about doing this show and one of the reasons I wanted to do the show was because I wanted to get back into watching the stuff that I wanted to watch. Right. And not just the big stuff that I feel like I had to watch. And this movie sort of excited me in a way that I haven't felt like since I was going to see a huge swath of movies, right? Movies that I wouldn't normally watch. The door in the floor. <laughs> and masked and anonymous. <laughs> and that, that was really nice feeling, right? To be like, I'm thinking about Rory this movie. O'Shea was here. Okay. I'm okay. I'm thinking about this movie the way that I used to think about movies all the time. And and that felt really nice to 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 be back in that mind frame in, in this movie. You know, looking at the movie like you talked about, like this idea of this thing on the periphery that is always sort of right out of her vision, right? This those sounds that she keeps hearing, right? And and for all it seems like it's almost gonna be inspiration to her, right? Where she's like they're trying to play the notes that she's hearing in like these bangs or these sirens or these these screaming, right? All this stuff that happens. And then you begin to realize, no, it's actually like a curse on her, right? That she, that maybe it's real, maybe it's not, maybe it's some sort of anxiety that's just enhancing something that's already real. But there is something at the edge of her life, right? And and this is why I think that my last thing on my thesis on the movie, which I want to say, which is kind of my, my final thought on it, is that, you know, hopefully we're all better people than Lydia Tarr is, right? But we all have, whether it is a debt we haven't paid or a problem we haven't fixed or a relationship that is maybe ended badly or a person we did wrong to or a person who did wrong to us, right? That in our normal everyday life, when we're just trying to go through our days, improve our professional lives, focus on the things in our life that we feel like are important, that sort of they press in right on, on your periphery. Like when you're, when your mind isn't focused on that task, they start to bleed into your mind. Right. And I feel like this movie is very much about that with Lydia, it, it with Lydia tar. It is so much about those things that she has tried to push away from her life as not important that keep pressing their way back into her life. And I think those sounds and even the, you know, the, the sounds that she hears, the things she thinks she sees, like those times, all those times where she's like, you know, she's trying to, she's going to her apartment. All of a sudden she like looks off because mm-hmm. she thinks she sees somebody. Th- those things, right. Are there, even the fact that like, you know, th- those shots that are from somebody filming her on their phone and they're like talking right. to somebody. It's the opening shot of the movie. Yeah. And there happens a couple times where we never really get a clear picture. I think it's Olga. It, well, because well, that's established when she's doing the 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 uh the book reading, yeah. Um, that it's Olga like fraternizing with some dude in the back, not giving her any respect or anything like that, and like, and I I didn't walk to the TV to see what was being said because my eyes are bad. <laughs> like, it 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 wasn't very clear, but she's definitely talking shit. Yeah, she's absolutely talking shit. But all of that, right? the movie is so much about those things that we try to push out of our lives that we, that can't help push their way back into our lives. Mm -hmm. And I I think the performance, the cinematography, the, the, the thematic elements, the, the vision, the, 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 even the auditory motifs that exist in it are all speaking to that. And I haven't, I haven't. And again, this is partly, there are lots of movies that do this, but like I said before, because I've been so removed from it for so long, I haven't had that feeling about a movie um, in a very long time to where I was like, Oh, I can't, I want to talk about this. Like 
I'm in a class, you know, and yeah, like, yeah, I want to yeah. like raise my hand and be like, well, what do you, and I have another feeling for a long time. And I really, I really enjoyed that. So like I said, not a movie for people to watch. who don't watch a lot of movies, but I, I think even if you end up not liking it mm-hmm. as Brian didn't really like it very I d- much, I didn't, I, I think look how long we've talked about it. Yeah. Right. And there's more, and there's more to talk about. Right. With, 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 with it, uh, we're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, I, I, with, with someone who didn't like the movie you had but you had so much to talk you, you had a lot to say about the movie without being like but i didn't really like this you know so the, that is i think the mark of an interesting movie whether or not you end up walking away enjoying and, it and, and, or and not I, and i did this a bit with banshees and i don't want to i don't want this to be the trope like but i don't know isn't part of there's no way to say this without trying to sound like i'm trying to sound mature right like but you can't spot the sucker at the poker table. It's you, right? Like, if I'm having issues with, I'll keep using that word, being disconnected from a movie, but people see it for for this brilliant thing. Sometimes people are liars. I'm of the of the mind that only twenty to thirty percent of IPA drinkers like that beer. Most are liars. IPAs are delicious, Brian. I don't know what you're talking about. Then you're in the 20. Congrats. You're in the 20 to 30%. Would you Would you not think that there are mad posers out there who are just like, yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah. No. Of course there are posers, but th- I think that's a small percentage of the people who actually. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let, let, let me have my number that I made up in my head. Um, 83% of all statistics are made up, just so you know. Um, so, yeah, just to. to to not enjoy it at all, but know that I'm again, not wrong, but like that it's not maybe for me or it didn't work for me. Like, that's okay. Like, I love it when it's not a bad movie. It's just not my movie. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. When it's a bad movie, I will talk shit. I will tell you why these things were, are, are, are poor choices. Or why you shouldn't have, you know, well, that's that's a choice. Anyway, uh, where does it rank for you, Bobby? So I think, you know, obviously last week we, we decided we're going to do the new thing, right? Where we're, we're, yes. we're, we're starting this list from just the movies we've been watching, right? So right now, just to catch everybody up, um, the best movie of all time is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Followed by that. the Banshees of Inishirin, then Top Gun Maverick, and then Michael Clayton at number four. Um, I think Tar is great, but I don't necessarily think it's better than Michael Clayton because it isn't. Because it isn't. So it's um, number five. It's number five. It's number five. Great. Um, and you know, uh, this is what I love about this. Right, is that next week when we talk about the Fablemans. Tar is stays in the conversation, right? right? It doesn't just go into the abyss and is no, gone. You're right. So I like this. Um, so right and, and, and again, to catch people up who maybe missed the last episode or skipped over, like, episode zero was us building this thing. We had this whole idea, but the real original idea is what Bobby is doing right now. It was his idea of let's start from scratch. Let's just build a list. And I'm like, who wants to listen to episode three where it's, well, the best movie of all time is Grown Ups 2 <laughs> because we happened to watch Sex mm-hmm. in the City 2 and Man Else the Hands of Fate. Like, I, 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 I don't know. Um, Man, that's really it, off the mission statement of the show, It is. Brian. It is. Uh, it's, it, it's not on the masthead. Uh, but, no, that, 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 that feels good. I mean, it, and the idea that Tar, Tar is not the fifth. Tar's not the worst movie of all time. It's just the fifth best movie of all time. Exactly. It's the fifth best movie of all time as of right now. As of right now. <laughs> um, I hope you'll be week, doing this with you for many, many years, my friend. My friend. Me too. Next week, we'll see if The Fablemans uh, is the sixth best movie of all time. Or maybe it'll be the fifth best movie of all time. Maybe it'll be higher. Maybe it's number you don't one. Know. Maybe it's number one. Maybe it's number one. I don't know. Uh, I have watched it. So <laughs> So have I. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that um, in detail. Uh, for next week's show, as I said, oh, actually, no, we decided, Brian, you're going to do the business. You're going to do the end of show business. Oh, the business. Yeah, I'll do the business. Mm-hmm. Um, find us on Twitter at at 50 Films Pod, spelled out F I F 
T-Y-F-I-L-M-S-P-O-D. But on TikTok, it's just 50 films. Just find us at 50 films. Um, is there an email? I forget. <coughs> we don't have to worry about the email. You can direct message us on, 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 twi- on Twitter. On, tw- on Twitter, yeah. That's the easiest way. Um, also, I set up an Instagram account for us as well, at 50 Films Pod. So if you're an Instagram there user, you can also message us on there that's probably the easiest and best way sure. to do that eventually you know if the demand is there for it we'll create like a community like a discord community or something for, for the show as well um you know and letterbox.com slash 50 films is where you can find the lists as they build themselves um this it's funny because just a little behind the scenes baseball i have to be like there's there's like two layers so i have to have like a this is the list the public version and this is the list the private version so that i can be like okay tar is now number five here but we're recording this the day before the show comes out so i don't want if anybody was on there to see like oh tar is number five right so i i have to wait till tomorrow to move it to the public list so i'll say this until we're no longer doing it this way google pre-taped call-in show from mr show (laughs) that's what we're doing it's amazing and after this oscar nominations thing it's gonna get real weird because we're gonna have episodes that we recorded months ago that are gonna go up and then you're gonna hear our 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 newer voices yes at the end of each episode to rank those movies because we've well, changed actually, the way we're ranking Bobby, them. i think that number three should really be <laughs> oh i can't wait for some of those movies thank you so much for listening everyone thank you very much and we'll see you next time it's tar time baby be excellent to each other